Good day, my name is Sky, and I appreciate you spending some study time with me. I'm here to help you make money in online poker by teaching you key strategies and getting you to take action. In last week's podcast, we talked about exploiting their pre-flop tendencies. This week, it's post-flop tendencies. I have the same opponent, their same HUD panel, but now we're looking at post-flop statistics and figuring out what their tendencies are and then devising ways to exploit all of their various tendencies. Um, In this episode, we're going to go through six different post-flop tendencies, and we're actually going to cover 12 exploits against these tendencies. So you have to whip out that poker journal because this is valuable stuff. Excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) And of course, go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 457 to help you take notes. Okay, let's exploit them. Gambate! 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. So in last week's episode, I gave you a question to help you find and analyze your opponent's tendencies. Here was the question. What do they tend to do, and how can I exploit it? So go to the show notes page for a look at one of my villains or one of my opponent's Huds, this is Villain4, we're looking at his post-flop tendencies today. Specifically, he c-bets the flop 31%, c-bets the turn 75%. Interesting change in c-betting, right? The second tendency, he bets the river 15%, only 15%, but he folds 63%, right? And uh, versus c-bets, he folds 68% on the flop and 63% on the turn. So some awesome tendencies for us to analyze and figure out ways to exploit them. So we're going to hit this just like we did last time. I'm going to talk about the tendency and then we'll give uh, different exploits to use against that tendency right there. Now, the great thing about this is if you find one opponent with this one tendency and you learn how to exploit that one opponent... You can exploit every single other opponent that has that same tendency. So first off, we saw that he c-bets the flop 31% and c-bets the turn 75%. So what do they tend to do and how can I exploit it? Well, his tendency is he's a flop honest c-better. So he probably only c-bets the flop with top pair or better. So here's our first exploit we can quickly fold the flop without a solid hand or without a good drawing price. He only bets with top pair or better, so it's a pretty easy fold with most of our marginal hands. The second exploit, if you hold the nuts and he c-bets, you must raise his c-bet for maximum value. Remember, get value while the getting's good. This guy only c-bets with top pair or better. If you raise him with a set, with a flop straight, with a flopped flush, he is going to call. He is not going to be able to fold to your one street raise. Maybe turns and rivers he can fold to additional bets, but right now on the flop, he is not going to believe his top pair's beat. And exploit number three, if you call pre-flop, bet as soon as he checks the flop. Now, this is my favorite exploit to use against flop honest players, because if you think about it, he's only betting with top pair better when he checks. And as of right now, if he's c-betting 31%, he's checking 69% of the time, right? So very simple. He checks equals weakness equals you must bluff. Okay, so my opponent here, remember, he's a flop 
honest see better. Let's think about somebody else with the opposite, kind of the opposite tendency. Maybe a turn honest see better. Maybe he see bets the flop 75% and on the turn 31%. So that see bet drops precipitously from street to street. So against the turn on a C better, here's exploit number four. You want to call most flop C bets and then bet as soon as he checks the turn. Once again, his turn check in a spot when he only bets the goods signifies weakness. So it's time to steal. And then exploit number five, raise for maximum value versus his turn C bets with the nuts or the near nuts. Again, he only or he is only going to barrel with a very strong hand, top pair or better. If you have a set, a trips, you turn to flush, now's the time to raise, get that maximum value out of them. All right, so let's get back to villain number four right here. Another thing that we spot in his HUD is that he bets the river 15%. So we got to ask ourselves, what do they tend to do and how can I exploit it? Oh, uh, in case you haven't looked at the show notes page, I forgot to mention at the outset, we have 1,000, over 1,000 hands on this player. So it's a pretty good sample size. His betting river at 15% is a pretty good tendency indicator right there. And But uh, what is that tendency? They're very honest when betting the river. So here's exploit number six. Raise big on the river for value with the nuts. Now, of course, it's not often that you have the nuts on the river, but when you do and he decides to bet into you, wow, that is the time to go for value. Raise at least the min raise, maybe two and a half, maybe three X, maybe shove all in if you really think he cannot fold on the river. And of course, expect him to call. So you have to have the nuts or near nuts. And then exploit number seven now, you want to fold anything weaker than top pair, top kicker when he bets the river. Because, of course, he's so honest when betting river, he's not going to bet with less than top pair, top kicker. Most likely not, right? Um, If he has ace-king on the king-high board, he can bet. But if he had, like, king-jack, king-10, some kind of a weaker kicker, he might just check in and call your bet. Now let's think about a different player who is a frequent river bluffer. Maybe they bet the river 50% or even greater. Here's exploit number eight. You want to bluff catch this player by calling with any top pair hand. His frequent river betting means he has a wide range, maybe uh, busted draws, straight up bluffs, maybe even second pair. He decides to make thin value bets with those. You gots to call to bluff catch river bluffers. And then exploit number nine, you want to bluff raise versus those river bets, especially if his sizing it's, it's such a size that one-third, one-quarter pot, three big blinds into a 20-big blind pot. If you can read absolute weakness in his bet and you know that he likes to bluff rivers, go ahead and bluff re-raise him. Give it a shot, but make sure you make it a size that can convince him to fold. All right, so getting back to villain number four. Let's talk about his third tendency right here. Now, looking at his HUD, he folds to C-bets on the flop 68%. on the turn, and he folds to river bets 63% as well. So we have to ask ourselves, what do they tend to do and how can I exploit it? This fifth tendency is he's quick to fold versus C bets on every single street, even on that river. So exploit number 10, you want to C bet them often. Because he's quick to fold, do not 
hesitate to fire bluffs on flops and quite often on turns as well. He might be the kind of player that's going to fold to any size, but you do want to make sure you're not just betting one or two big blinds into a 10 big blind pot, right? You got to give him some reason to fold. So size it to what you think he can find to fold and maybe that he can get rid of most of his under pairs, third pairs, uh, gut shot draws, that kind of thing. And exploit number 11, because he's so quick to fold, you might want to slow play big hands. Now, I often say get value while the getting's good. But if the getting isn't good, if he folds super quickly, you flop top pair, top kicker, you flop a set, you flop two pair, you may want to slow play and just check or bet really small to get him to commit a few chips, keep him interested in the pot. Now let's consider a player with an opposite tendency. He hates folding versus c-bets. He's a sticky player. He's a calling station. Exploit number 12 versus this player. You want to c-bet now for maximum value. And you do this because he's a calling station. So once again, get value while the getting's good. Do not slow play with strong hands against calling stations. You've got to be betting half pot, two-thirds, three-quarter pot. If he is calling with a range of hands that have a ton of weaker stuff in it than your hand, you got to bet and bet as big and as often as possible. So we covered six different tendencies and 12 different exploits, but I want to give you two important tips. Now, tip number one is if they ain't folding, you ain't bluffing. A few of the exploits that we talked about of of the 12 right here were all about uh, getting them to fold when they're capable of folding. And the second tip, get value while the getting's good with your best hands. So just in general, it's a huge mistake to check or to bet small versus players who hate folding for any reason. Challenge! Here's your two-part action step for this episode. The first is a play with purpose action step. So what I want you to do, play four sessions with a post-flop exploit focus. I recommend just one table at a time. Start with the player on your left and have a piece of paper in front of you. On that piece of paper, write the player's name, look at their HUD stacks, look look at their tendencies, watch their showdown hands, write down two post-flop tendencies with one exploit per tendency. Go to the next player on his left, two to your left. Do the same thing. Write down two uh, tendencies with one exploit each and go around the table until you've gotten them all. If you're playing a six max table, you potentially have five, not potentially, you definitely have five players, but 10 different tendencies and 10 different exploits to use. And of course, pull the trigger on your written exploit at every opportunity. And the second part of this, study with purpose. For for your next four study sessions, choose one specific player each day to analyze. Preferably choose players that you often face. You have 1,000, 2,000 hands on these players. Take a look at the HUD stats, look at their showdown hands, look at their tendencies, and ask yourself, hey, what do they tend to do and how can I exploit it? And make a list of 10 or more post-flop exploits on each player that you analyze. If you've done this with four different players over uh, four study sessions, it's possible You could have 40 exploits that you can use against these players and against anybody else with those same tendencies. Now it's your turn to take action and do something positive for your poker game. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody. Go write a book. 
Alrighty, thank you so much for listening. Go to the show notes page to help you take notes on everything we went over. The six tendencies, the 12 exploits, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 457. And on that same page at the top of the page, you're going to find the pre-flop exploits episode from last week. And don't forget to sign up for my free Three Secrets to Microstakes Poker Workshop on the sidebar on the show notes page at the top. You're going to love what you learn in that workshop, and you're going to be using it from day one, moment one, to crush your opponents. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.